0: everybody having a great day i'm moving a little slowly these days those who are on my facebook account know that i have been putting up pavers uh putting down some pavers not putting up some some pavers to build a um, sidewalk leading to what used to be our awana office and is going to be turned into an airbnb not familiar with that it's like a bed and breakfast and have an app and all that but i think that we could turn this into an airbnb and i get a second job myself because am i on okay um as i ministry it's hard to have two jobs but I said, I think that we can paint this thing up, and we could put some furniture in there and make it look like a quaint little cottage for somebody to come and stay. And so Friday night, uh, amazing that the the day is called patience. What is it, and how do I get it? Okay, because Friday night at five thirty, I had put these paver stones down and uh, told my wife. I said, hey. Baby, would you, would you get the water hose for me, please? I need you to bring the water hose over here so I can, uh, and I know you may not be able to see it that well, but that's what those paver stones down on the ground look like, okay? So I, said, I just want to spray it off and sweep it off. And now I will tell you, I know how to cook, bake, and lead people to Jesus fairly well, right? And and I But paver stones. A gift to do. I have acquired uh, some knowledge on how to looking at you. So five um, thirty, 30, she goes and turns the water hose on and dribble, dribble, dribble. And I said, what are you doing? I said, just bring me the water hose. And she says, there's no water coming out of it. I said, well, turn it on the other way, make sure that you've got it turned right, because I have a a try thing, one water hose goes this way, one goes, and she said, I've turned it both ways, so then I had to get my sore muscles up off of the ground and go up there, and I looked at the water hose, and I said, well, go in the garage and see if we have any water in the garage, and she went in the garage and turned the water on and dribble, dribble, dribble. Now, we're supposed to have guests in 30 minutes, and I have no water. Now I can go a night without a shower, not after the one the day that I had, but I could go a night if I had to. But you don't want to bring guests in your home and not allow them to have water. They have to use the bathroom. They have to brush their teeth, and they have to showers and all that. And I said, telling you know, but by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God." Yeah, I can't do anything about this. I have no water and I don't know why. I called our uh city or our county supervisor and I said, "Wayne, TJ Sipes here." He says, "What can I do for you?" I said, "Well, went through the whole thing and I said, "I have no water. Do we know why I have no water with the mud? Here's our name of our water association. It's called literally it's called Mud Creek Water Association." <laughs> for a reason. So, he says, I'll call you back when I find out. Well, his wife, Mitzi, works for the city. And Mitzi's been getting phone calls for three hours. And it turns out that a fella did not call one call. If he would have called one call, they would have come out because they would have some blue lines down and said, you dig post holes with an eight-inch auger, do it over here, do it over there, but don't do it right here. Because there's a four-inch water main right there. And my wife is just freaking out. She's just, she's scared to death. What are we going to do? They're going to, do we need to get them a hotel for tonight? I said, I can't afford to buy these people a hotel for the night. All I can do is call them and tell them. About that time, they called me. They said, hey, I think we're here. And I said, I don't think so. I'm in my driveway and I don't see you here. Well, don't you live at 4168? I, no, I live at 4992. You don't live in Maben? No, I live in Ekru. Well, how far is Mabin? 55 miles. These people needed patience because her husband was about to have a... miles further south than us. But when they to our driveway, the water pressure had come back on about six minutes prior. Now, think about that for a minute. They arrived when they were supposed to arrive. But it had, we wouldn't have known how long it was going to take. And we would have been saying, now, you're going to spend Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday night in a place that you're going to have water or not. It probably worked out a whole lot differently at that point. But God, don't you love but God moments in our lives? But five miles further south of us, so that they could hear, and one, plus so that by the time they get there, that it would all be well, and it was, and it turned out well, and they've enjoyed it. They went out in my front yard. I looked out my window yesterday about two o'clock, and I said, you know, it's odd to have people playing cornhole in my side yard. I don't even know. I so said, I will tell you that's odd, uh, but we're excited about what God is doing with the Airbnb, and so, and we have another gentleman coming from South Carolina to watch an Ole Miss football game, and he's going to bring a truck with tailgate gear and a buddy, and he's going to let his buddy have the bed, and he's going to bring a blow up mattress, and they're going to tailgate over there. Now you know I, I i'm not having alcohol on my property I when you're off my property that's one thing but i'm not going to have it on my property so and he didn't say anything about wanting to do that or anything but i know tailgating is expensive and i know driving all the way from south carolina has got to be expensive can you imagine having enough expendable income that you could just drive from south carolina to go watch a football game it just doesn't make any sense to me so but we're enjoying having it there I, I'm going to pray for us, but I, this patience—what is it? and How do I get it? Is is a message that really, for young, and is something that we all need to have. And um, and somebody said, don't pray for it because God may put you in a circumstance where you need to have patience that you don't yet have acquired. So let me pray, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your Word. We thank you for these dear people here, Father. I just pray for the church that, uh, Lord, you give them wisdom on how to accomplish the things that they have a vision to do here in the community to reach boys and girls, Father, with the gospel of Jesus Christ and adults as well. I pray for the churches, how they are using the facility, Lord, that you would work those details out, Father. And uh, Lord, if there's someone here today within the sound of my voice that has not trusted Christ as their Savior, would something I say here today prompt them? to ask, what do I need to do to get saved, Father, so that they will live with you forever and ever in heaven. We pray it in your precious name. Amen. Thank you. So, uh, so patience. Patience, it matters not who you are, whether you are young or old. The mere mention of the word reminds us, uh, most of us anyway, that we simply have not arrived. From the little baby, I think about the little baby that cannot wait in the middle of the night when that pang of hunger hits their stomachs. And, uh, and all they want is a tiny bottle of milk or their mother. And, and, and to the senior saint who just does not seem to, to be as patient with those grandchildren, uh, when they come visiting every once in a while. See, I love headlights, but I'm getting to a point where I enjoy taillights too. Let's face it, many times others get in the way of our patience and being patient. So I recently read a story of a little girl. Uh, and her thoughts on patience. A little girl visited a farm one day, and she asked to buy a large watermelon from the neighbor. Uh, that big one right there you got on your hand costs $3, the farmer said. And she says, but, sir, I've only got 30 cents, and my daddy loves watermelons. And he says, well, sweetie, he says, let me have that one, and I'll put it back. He says, I'll take you over here to where the 30-cent watermelons are. And he took her to a new patch that hadn't been planted for but, but a few weeks. And she says, oh, there it is right there. That's the one. That one right there. Daddy's going to love that one. And she got down on her hands and knees, and she took a ribbon out of her hair, and she tied a ribbon around the vine that came off of that watermelon. And she got up, and she said, thanks, mister. Have a great day. And he says, well, sweetie, you forgot your watermelon. She said, no, I'll be back in about six or seven weeks. Thank you, though. Right? So this little girl was pretty smart. She realized that that watermelon's going to get big too. I don't mind buying a thirty-cent watermelon like that. Now, how does a little girl get patience like that? Well, I love that story. Um, you know, we stand most of us at the microwave in absolute disgust if it takes two minutes six seconds to pop popcorn. So impatient, even. They make the hundred big popcorn bag It Takes about a minute is about is about the patience more than it is about the people just put a bag in there throw so the second bag in there, so just as much, but they don't want to have to wait for that first bag to get done. That's how we are. When I was a kid growing up, now some of you I'm fifty five and when i was a kid growing up there was uh there there was the system that they had to 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 assemble the thing together to pop pop i mean there was that that special pan that it had a, a little little more metal on the bottom of the pan which made the it the heat stay in the pan and you would put it on the stove turn it on 7 and it would get nice and hot. you had to find the oil and pour some oil inside there you 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 learned from the smoke, from the butter, not to use butter, you had to use oil and um and then and then you had to find the lid that goes on that pan, and you never could find the right lid for it, so you always had a bigger lid and and then you start shaking that pan back and forth. Have any of you kids ever made homemade popcorn like that on a stove? See, I didn't think so. See, see the rich kids, when I was a kid growing up, the rich kids they had something called jiffy pop popcorn. Well, see, you know. When people find out that I'm from Ekru, Mississippi, and they say, Oh, you mean like the color? And I'm like, Color? What do you mean color? Well, that's one of the colors of the crayon box in the 64 count of crayons. Well, see, there you go. You were a rich kid. You had 64 crayons. I had eight. I didn't have Ekru crayon. And so, so, so here we are, Jiffy Pop Popcorn. Why you could put it on the stove, and this all of a sudden this magical crown of steam would come up on this aluminum foil would just kind of gnarl out and twist like this, and you had popcorn. Man, that was so awesome, you know? Mom never get that from me. There was a time when you wanted to bake potato that you had to have the oven on for a couple hours. It'd be hot. And your mama would be in her forties. It would be hotter for her than everybody else in the house. And she would be waiting patiently for those potatoes to be done, waiting at a traffic signal. Have any of y'all and say how let all of these cars go and go? It doesn't make any sense. And the kids in the back seat listening to you and they're picking up things that you're laying down, and you don't even realize it. Don't even get me started about being at Walmart. <laughs> We have so much on our plates uh, in today's society that we simply do not have any time left in the day for one more thing, and certainly not if it is going to take more time than we believe or expect that it should. Now, in Galatians, verses 1 through 26, now, I'm going to read this to you because it's really an amazing thing. The Bible says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty with which Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. These are people trying to figure out what do they got to do to be saved. Some told them they had to be circumcised. If they weren't, they weren't going to get saved. Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. Ye are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of right. Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Folks don't realize their impatience, they're not waiting for what God's perfect will is can cause them so much heartache when they try to get into God's, and I talked about this in Sunday school class this morning, when they try to get themselves into God's permissive will versus God's perfect will. God has a perfect sovereign plan for each and every one of us, and we have to walk circumspectly in that will and and seek his will each and every day of our lives to continue on verse seven. It says, "Ye did run well. Who did hinder you? Ye should not obey the truth. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. It doesn't take a whole lot of sin to make what you're doing. I've heard that 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 sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay and it will cost you more than you're willing to pay. Dr. Adrian Rogers used to say that all the time. A little bit, just a little bit leavens the whole thing. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased? I would they were even cut off from trouble or cut off who trouble you. For brethren, ye have been called unto For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And my brother, what is your name? What is your name? Bill. Oh, that's right. Bill Collins Sr. Bill said something to me earlier. Let's go back to this verse. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this law, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Bill was talking to me. He's from Pennsylvania. I'm from Ashtabula, so we both kind of know Winters. Y'all don't know what winter is. You just have one season down here. All right? Now it gets a little chilly down here. Not often do we have snow down here. Never do we have. How many inches did they have up there? A couple of hundred? Bill said something to me that this Bible verse means a lot. He said uh, when he would get snowed in, he got a Kubota tractor that had a, a snow plow on the front of it so he could plow out. Not just himself, but plow out for his neighbors. Why? Because his neighbors loved him. When He had a need. They would meet that need. And I mentioned to him about getting paid. He said, I didn't take a dime. Because why? Because he loved them like he loved himself. He wouldn't want somebody to come and charge him when he was in, in dire need and trouble. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be consumed one of another. This I say, then walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led by the spirit, you are not under the law. I talked with my son about this not long ago. If we're filled with the Holy Spirit, when temptation comes our way, we're able to push away from the We're able to, to, to our tongue. We're able to keep our ears. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's when we're filled with the holy spirit that we get that extra piece of cake. It's when we're not filled with the holy spirit that we we listen to things that we shouldn't listen to. We we do things that we shouldn't do. We say things that we shouldn't say. We don't listen to people that we should listen to. And we've got to be cautious and careful of that if we're not filled with the spirit that's what's going to happen. The Bible says Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, wrath, drunkenness, revelings, and the like, of which I tell you before as I have have also told you in time past that they who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. This is where we get into the patience part of it. In verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have uh, crucified the flesh with the affections of lust. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain, provoking one another, envying one another. We should not be provoking neighbors. We should be ministering to neighbors. We should not the things of the world. We should be doing things that are holy and righteous. And I think in the first three, I think we're doing pretty well on that, uh, on, on the love and the joy and the peace and, and the long-suffering. That's Now, wait a minute, long-suffering? What are we talking about long-suffering there? Um, you know, there was a day, and maybe I remember this as a kid, when life was simple. And it wasn't complicated with having a phone in our hand. All of us are going to have arthritis in our hands. or I mean, we're not going to be able to live if we don't have our phone in our hand and we're sitting there texting, 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 writing, searching, looking. What happened to the days of where they would get a bottle of Coca-Cola? Now, I'm from Ohio. Bill, I don't know if you ever remember doing this in Pennsylvania. I don't. But down south here, they'd get a bottle of Coke and they'd get a, a, a bag of pills. All right. And they pop that top off of there, and they'd drink a little bit out and they'd that's inside there and that to me i i I still cannot fathom why, but for those that grew up under that i I guess so I mean it just it was the dogndest thing i've ever seen in my life but but the southern She took your marbles out. Shot marbles with a buddy. When's the I've heard it said one can't but one's never possessed in the first place, Bill, but maybe not case. Uh what when's the last time you jumped rope with the with a group of kids? Good, good, good. Um if it doesn't fit in a three by six screen or three by five screen, Most of us don't take the time out of our day to do these things. When's the last time you were out by the beach and just skipped some stones? Well, there's not stones on the beach, but maybe at a pond and just skipped stones. You know, you look at the simple life that Andy Griffith had with Opie on there, and that was a very simple life. And complications were were, were few back then. Recently, The schedules in the Delta of Mississippi... Now, we're talking over in West Mississippi, all along the Cottonfield Line, where the Mississippi River is, is so full that the high school girls' softball team had practice on Sunday morning at 6 o'clock because they had so much on their plates during the week they could not find any time to practice. Churches of today. Now, I love this. Three songs, a three-point sermon, the door in an hour or less. It's as though you're going to get your clothes martinized. Now, if I dated myself by saying martinized, there was a there was a, a, a some companies when it advertised martinized, you could go in extra done in one hour or less. They would stop the presses and get your clothes done. in An hour. I recently read about a church down in Florida who advertised service in 22 minutes. 22 minutes. Announcements, hugs, and. Quickly in an eight-minute sermon and you're off. Now that's not likely going to happen here today, sir. Exactly. Well, that's not going to happen here today. I can assure you. <laughs> However, folks, we we really must learn to be patient. I do know. Uh, I don't. I do not know about you, but when I feel like I have a deadline or pressuring uh, me on something to do, I get so much more impatient sometimes. When, when I know that I've got that deadline on I me, mean, I get real impatient. Don't need to. So I think I do pretty well when we look back at Galatians twenty two 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. I think I love most people. I think I love most people pretty well. I feel like most of the time I have joy in my heart. We've got the joy, 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 joy down in our heart. We ought to have joy in our heart, okay? And my wife's family has a policy, peace at all costs. Peace at all costs. They don't fight. Now, I don't know if your family argues. I, they don't fight. They do not argue. It is the strange. Now, my late wife and I that passed away, there was some fighting in her family. and There was some fighting in my family. I'm just going to say, all right? They they fought because they didn't know peace that transformed, that passed all understanding the way that Kathy's family did. 85 family members died they came homestead and and my brother-in-law jerry and i they call us the outlaws all of the married into's are the outlaws and the bloods okay so the bloods were all down below jerry and i the outlaws were up above and we're standing out there and we would go into the house we would go into daddy's house Grand rob's house and we would get walk out and say Jerry has a number. He's told me that number. Pick a number between one and fifty, and the six siblings would stand out there, and they would pick their number, and I would say the number was twenty-two. The fan is yours. And grab another item out. It took us item by item. Sometimes together, but as quick as possible. And that is, here's your number. If you want this, put your number in the hat. If you don't want this, don't say a number. And that's just the way they did it. We don't do things that way in my family. I just got to tell you, many times I find myself being so impatient, I wind up myself that I really want someone else to do patience to help them make the mistakes along the way so i just do it myself you know what i mean i would just rather do it myself and get it done right than to take the time to teach them and allow them to make the mistakes that it's going to take for them to learn we ought not be that way folks how are you doing are you angered by others actions or the speed with which they perform such actions When is the last time you pulled your buggy in the (laughs) 10-item or less line and found the person in front of you had 23 items? And you know they had 23 items because you counted them four times. Because you're mad. Why? Because they didn't adhere to the rule that you believe they ought to adhere to. But yet, you fudge on rules out there yourself. Maybe some of you drive 5 on a 40. Maybe some of you drive 56 on a 40 on a 45 and and people get impatient with those kind of people we got to be better we must not fly off the handle so to speak because someone did not act or behave in the manner with which we believe that they should have we have a preconceived notion about how we believe that people should react to things that we say think and do and if they don't then we fly off the handle and get mad because they didn't that's not right We should be what scripture says slow to anger Often we are the only Christ that many people will ever experience in a day. After all, it really is. Honestly, it really is just a little bit of spilled milk. It's just a little milk. So when I look at my son and I'm like, why in the world did you do that? I knew this was going to happen. Well, if I knew it was going to happen, if I thought it was going to be a problem, why should I be foolish enough to trust them to be able to have red Kool-Aid on white carpet? Position. So I have to go, is it his fault that it spilled or is it my fault for allowing it to be in there in the first place? We have to be patient. I recently read, I love this story. A man noticed the woman in the grocery store with a two-year-old in the cart. The child asked for cookies. Her mother said, no. The little girl began to cry loudly and, the, and maybe you've experienced this. And, and, and the mother patiently said, now, Missy, we're halfway done. It won't be long. And the same thing happened down there. Candy owl. she wanted candy, candy, candy. She was reaching and pulling, reaching and pulling, reaching and pulling. And she said, no, we're going to be home in about 20 minutes. Okay. And the little girl began to kick and scream. And the mother said, there, there, Missy, only two more owls and we'll be done at the checkout. One last effort. And her mom said, no. And the child began to scream and scream and kick. And the mother said patiently, Missy, we'll be through this checkout stand in five minutes and we can go and both have a nice nap well the man followed them out to the parking lot and he complimented the woman i couldn't help but notice how patient you were with little missy in there and she turned over her shoulder and said i'm sorry sir my name is (laughs) my name is missy that's my daughter francis all right she wasn't trying to hit her daughter off that ledge so to speak she's trying to talk herself off the ledge have you ever found yourself yourself off the ledge I mean, we just get ourselves so worked up. The quality of being patient, I love this definition. The quality of being patient as the bearing of provocation, annoyance, misfortune, or pain without complaint, loss, or temper, irritation, or the like. An ability or willingness to suppress restlessness or annoyance when confronted with delay. To have patience with a slow learner. I'm a slow learner. I have difficulty with my reading comprehension. And Sometimes people are not patient. Why, I had a contract guy wanted to sell me some insurance a couple of weeks ago, and I began to read. You know the one that's got the small print, and it's got a box on there where most people just check the box? Well, I began to read it, and all the things that they were going to be able to do. And he said, well, if you'll just check that box, we can go on to the next thing. I said, well, if you'll just be patient with me, I can read this and find out what I'm signing. And it took me about 15 minutes to get through that entire contract and read it. Now, I didn't understand all of it. I understood enough of it. And that said, I would be willing to sign this box now. And most of us don't sign those. or We don't read those things before we just check them and move on, because surely we should trust it. Well, we have to be patient. I love this one. Um, quiet, steady, perseverance, even-tempered care, diligence to work with patience. From a spiritual perspective, being patient and waiting on the answer, God... Instead of jumping out in front of His perfect will and finding yourselves in His permissive will. Have any of y'all that are married, have you ever bought a car without consulting the spouse or bought something for the house without consulting the spouse? Or children, have you ever assumed it would be okay to do something without first talking to your parents and asking them uh, if that would be allowed uh, to, to, to be done? And so sometimes we're not patient with our children our children are not patient with us we're not patient with our patient with our employers our employers are not patient with us and it causes problems and when i look at scripture i think about some people who are not patient adam was not patient now true enough eve fruit from scripture we know that eve took the fruit but adam should have had himself in a position where she wouldn't have taken that fruit adam was not Moses was not patient. Moses was told not to strike that rock, right? But he did. He got mad. He struck the rock instead of speaking to it as God directed him. Esau sold his birthright because he just couldn't wait for the meal. Okay? Sarah made her maiden step in for her. Now we have Ishmael. Ishmael, wait a minute, what about David? After the affair with with Bathsheba, what wound up happening? Not only did he have her husband murdered, but the baby that he had died too. Why? Because of his impatience. He just wouldn't wait for what the Lord wanted them to have. Peter. Peter got a hold of Malchus's, (laughs) I love this, the cutting off the ear of Malchus, the high priest's servant. Just cut his ear off. Why? Because he'd heard enough. I don't need anything else. Why, this whole week, if you've watched anything on news, you have both factions. You have the right wing, you have the left wing, and they both are fed up and, and impatient about this. We've heard enough. Well, neither side had heard enough. Quite frankly, I don't think either side had heard enough. They have a lot of assumptions, but no one's ever going to truly know that. They're tr- they're never going to truly know that. It's all conjecture out there right now, and we don't. We we just want enough of it out there that we can make this decision and move forward folks we got to be patient one of three ways patience is described in the greek is another greek word is macro macro being slow and thumas meaning anger it means slow to get mad in other words it's the opposite of a short fuse have you all ever lived with somebody that had a short fuse Have you all ever discovered that you have that short fuse? It's not fun to be around a person with a short fuse. It's not fun at all to have a child that has a short fuse and gets angry at the drop of a hat. You get frustrated. You say things to that child that you know you don't mean sometimes. You squeeze that toothpaste out and you can't get it back in. And my son was 28 years old in February. He came home stayed with us for 10 days. And he said, Dad, you know, there's been some things that you said when I was growing up. That he said, "I'm good now." He said, "But man, they they were not fun to hear. They were not fun to hear at all." And I I, I didn't. I mean, I I kind of knew what he was talking about, but not exactly. And and I shared this in the Sunday school class this morning. Um, that I got from him. He uh. Hold on one second. It was it was special to me because I had asked him. Um, I had made a reference to my son and his brother as Cain and Abel. Because he was hurting him. And I said, man, why do you want to be like Cain to him? And he looked at me and he said, but Cain killed Abel, Dad. I would never kill Jacob. But I didn't realize. In some home movies from back in the 1990s. And he heard that comment in the home that dad made. I had forgot all about having said that. I hadn't thought about that. But I asked him, um, I put $100 in the an envelope, and I just, as they were leaving, he's going to Thailand for six months, don't know why, but he's going to Thailand for six months. And so I put $100 in the envelope, and I said, you know, sometimes parents say things they really don't mean. It, it slips out of their mouths before they've had a chance to have their heart think about what was going to happen. And so I'm sorry. I love you. I said, you were frustrating me. I will tell you, you were frustrating me. I said, but I love you, and I'm sorry. So he thing. I couldn't. I couldn't. Mistakes were made, but I know they were made honestly. And I thank God for the strife and struggles of our family, and as has all been through. Without all of that, I am today. Perfect by no means, but I am pleased with who I am, and I owe that to you. I do forgive you, Dad. I really do. It's taken me a lot to get to that place that I am at today, and that is knowing that my parents weren't perfect, but I never doubted your love for me. I find myself realizing that even though you weren't able to give me everything I wanted, you gave me everything you could, and that is more than I could ever want, for more than I deserve, far more than I I love you so much. You know, I wasn't a patient father at times. I wanted to go ahead and get things done instead of letting them learn how. But I'll tell you what I did this week with Jonas. Jonas is eight years old. So I remarried after my late wife passed away, and she waited for 41 years to get married. And uh, three days after my granddaughter was born, I uh, wound up finding out we were going to have Jonas. I walked upstairs in, in, in North Carolina, and my wife had an ugly cry going on. I'm talking about with that ugly cry. I'm like, what is wrong? I thought, man, she got... When is your dad? He's still with us or what? And I looked down, she had a Bible in one hand, tears are streaming down her face, and a little apparatus about the size of an ink pen or a little fatter <laughs> ink pen, and it turned colors, and she said, We're gonna have a baby. And I was and then I got an ugly cry going on and started, and I was like, This is crazy. I said, I'm 46. She said, We're still having a baby. And and he's eight years old now. And I gotta be honest with you, the other day when Jonas came out to help me, he's a hoss. Now he 130 pounds. Plays football, um, can handle those stones, to lift them up and bring them over to me. Um, I'm feared that he can't handle it well enough to not drop it on my foot or my toes or my hands. Uh, but he can, he, he can pick up some stuff. He's strong. I said, let me help you learn some things here. And so I don't know nothing about grading levels. But I learned something, and I was trying to be patient with him. And I said, now, take this over here. I said, this stone is like this right here when you stand on it. Right? He said, yes, sir. And I said, so where do you need to put dirt at? And he's a smart kid now. So he says, well, I can either put dirt over here or I can put dirt over here. He said, if I put dirt down here, it will be even here. If I put dirt over here, it will be higher here. So I was patient this week with him. I've learned to be patient. I'm not always patient. Jacob was patient. While it was not fair what happened to Jacob after serving Laban for seven years, he was patient and he served yet another seven years to receive what he wanted, and that was Rachel. Therefore, out of his love for others, he learned patience. David, and David was, he exhibited great patience with Saul as he was waiting to become king could have killed Saul. And Saul knew that, yet out of his love for God and others, his patience grew. Job. With all of the suffering and loss of his loved ones and their lives, and the fair-weather friends that declared, there must be something that you've done, Job. Even his own wife declaring, just curse God and die. Job was yet patient, and he waited on the Lord. And he loved him because of his love for God and his faith. God restored to Job all that he had, and he gave him even much, much more. Patience. Common theme here. Wait on the Lord. In Isaiah forty thirty one 31, it says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. What about you? I asked you earlier, have you ever had to be talked off the ledge, so to speak, because you were about to go off? You're sitting there, and the waitress brings your food to your table, and everything that's supposed to be hot is cold, and everything that's cold is hot. And, and and so you, you wind up piping off at her and you don't even realize, one, that your children and grandchildren and wife and all of them are around you, but the people around you are watching the way that you behaved. I always have to watch that when I go to places like if I went to a, a restaurant here before I came to here, because I never know who's going to be working in the church or going to churches that I go to. I don't know all these people. So I don't want Christ, I mean, whether I did or didn't do that, I don't want Christ to be. Uh, drug through the mud, so to speak, so you have to be patient with them, and you know you know when it's about to happen, when it is about to happen, whatever it is you have an option you have a choice back and not fly off the handle or to allow it to go out and and for that if you're if you're a Christian filled with the spirit. When that is about to happen, you heard that word it, when it is about to happen, that split second, you know you have the power living inside of you because Christ lives inside of you if you're a Christian, to pull back away from that and not let that go out. But we do it anyway. And then we beg... James four seventeen says, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it, not to him it is sin. That covers a multitude of stuff, folks. That covers a whole lot of stuff. I can remember a time I was going <laughs> the highway and I was going and going and some other car got onto the, my lane that I was already in, you know, the one that had my name on it. And so I quickly got around me and when they were coming back around me, they looked at me and they this is what they did while they were driving will pray all they were trying to do was get on the road safely i was mad because they got my lane folks we don't we don't need to act like that and i mean i wish i could have caught up with them they thought i was trying to stalk them at that point i'm sure but Many people in the world operate well with lists. In fact, only a list will get them through their day. Are you, Any listy people here that have to have a list to check by? <laughs> if you don't have a list, like I'm the guy that calls you at 1030 at night and says, hey, man, uh, we still got some fire outside, and I've got like marshmallows and chocolate. Can you pick up some graham crackers and milk and come on over? We'll make some s'mores. Man, I'm in bed already. I'm in pajamas. So what? I'm in pajamas too. We're adults. Let's have some s'mores. That's me. My wife has to have a list of who's coming. And she has to know what colors that we're going to put out that evening. And she has to have invitations that she sends to everybody. I believe that on Saturday, on this particular day, we're going to have s'mores at the house. We will have chocolate. We'll have graham crackers. We'll have this. We'll have that. She's a listy person. I'm not. People are so bad in America today that we even have refreshments that have cameras on the inside of them for the listy people who forgot their list do is pull your phone up and you refrigerator that helps the the refrigerator before i leave and i'm like well gotta have butter gotta have eggs milk and i don't get it i'll go back later i don't have to have a list people are not like that we need to work on that um some things that you can't put on a checklist affection you know i i told the class this morning i saw a lot of teeth grow back that i hadn't seen fall out with my kids and you know, my, several of my children have a uh, love language of physical touch so and quality time. And so I have to be certain that that's not a checklist, that I come in and make sure that... I mean, like the husband who told his wife, I love you the day they got married, and if it changes, he'll let her know. You know what I'm saying? Or the wife that's that way. Uh, so we, we cannot put affection on a checklist. Um, if you've never read... The five love languages, physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, and a fifth one, acts of service. If you've not read through that yet, man, you ought to read through that and find out when you're dealing with people, it will help you to deal with them so much better if you know that they're that the reason that they're wanting to help you do something is because they have an act of service love language. The reason that they are buying you these little bitty small trinket things is because they have the acts of or they have the uh, gifts uh, as a love language, and it just really trips their trigger when you come home with a little something. My son Jonas, he loves gifts. He can get a toy today, and and a half hour later he wants another toy. He just loves to have something given to him like that. But he also loves to give to others because I think a lady that was, I was paying to get into the parking lot to go eat in Cincinnati, Ohio. We were going to have some Cincinnati chili. And this lady walked up, and she said, Sir, do you have some food? Buy me a hot dog at this place. And my son was with us, and I said, Well, ma'am, I said, I have some food in our cooler. I said, I'll be glad to fill you a bag full of uh, food. We were on vacation. We did. We got a little bag and filled it up with nabs and... And of sausages and soft drinks and cheddar bread that i bake and and um and then look over and we had gone to see the ark up in in kentucky and and had bought a lemonade and a big bag of kettle corn that was ten dollars and it was good kettle corn we'd only eaten this much kettle corn out of there man we couldn't wait to go to the hotel that night and eat the rest of that kettle corn right and my wife is standing there talking to this lady and we're sharing the gospel with her and she tells me that she's saved. She's just on hard times out on the streets. And I see my son walk up, he hands her a matchbox car and he gives her the bag of kettle corn. Now, I going to be honest, receive it from whom she oh, I said, No, ma'am. I said, don't refuse a blessing from somebody like that because he wants to receive a blessing for blessing you. And so we walked away, and that night when we were driving to the hotel, his mama turns over her shoulder and says, the popcorn, Jonas, <laughs> right? So what's down in the bucket, eventually, okay? When your grandkids get to your house and, and or your kids get up in the morning and and, and you hear the words, mom, mama, Mommy, mama, mother, mother, mom, 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 mommy, mommy, I'm hungry. You're just like, oh, gosh, grandpa, gramps. What does this do? What is pops? What is that pop? Do you remember how? How does this work? Grandpa, how does this work? This way? Listen, they're inquisitive minds. I mean, they just they just. How these things operate. And we as parents and we as grandparents have to be patient with them. And it's not easy sometimes because we have a list that we have to accomplish before the end of the day. Or we have a task that we just don't have the patience for failure. We just don't have the patience for failure. If your boss demands that you perform a task in the way that frustrates you to your very core, and you don't want to do it that way, pray that God would change his mind about the way that it needs to be done but you obediently do it the way that your leadership has asked you to do it, and God will honor it. With God, all things are impossible. To the invitation, if you're here today and you've never been saved, don't leave here today without Jesus as your Savior. It's simple. It's replete in the Scriptures that if you have not trusted Jesus as your Savior, you will be separated from God forever and ever and ever. Your faith must be put in Him and Him alone. And when you do, from your nose to your toes, you're as saved as you're ever going to be. But if you don't, there's not going to be a second chance when you take that last breath. And So let me close in a word of prayer, and I'll turn the service back over. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. And Father, help me to be patient. Help others to be patient with me, Father. I just thank you so much for being patient with us and loving us the way that you do, God. We pray this in your precious name.